0: Thank you for listening to Soul Radio. The opinions expressed in this program are those of the hosts and the guests. This station is not responsible for any claims or representations made and does not endorse or recommend any products or services mentioned.
1: service podcast back yeah it, it's the third sunday so you know what that is it's your favorite holiday evening service uh we we took a sabbatical last month we'll be back with some heat for you uh per usual you know we always do everything we can to, to bring some dynamic dialogue to you and i think this this is not an exception this this lovely month of october um uh, shout out to you Thank you for tuning in Interconnected Networks The World Wide Web This is a third Sunday That means it's evening service Sunday And um, it's an opportunity For uh, young brothers and sisters To build on the positive Destroy the negative It's Sunday night But but um, we, we ain't having church But we definitely having fellowship Wow well. And um, first of all I just want to shout out uh, Our super engineer Kenneth One time You know what I'm saying Hey, One time for the one time Representing the STEM fields, you know, the engineering piece, that's Kenneth. So uh, we appreciate you, your dedication to the craft, you know, and helping us uh, sound crisp and clean um, as we do each month. And, um, you know, my name is Matt Simpson, the man of culture. Um, You can find me on all your favorite social media uh, platforms at man of culture. Because if you don't have a culture, you don't have an identity, you know, and uh, I want to introduce my partner in
0: crime. It's your boy, uh, Joshua Patterson, a.k.a. Raju, a.k.a. Sense of Self. I'm on social media, at Raju, at Raju World. Um, try them both. You'll get me with one of them. And, uh, you know, Sense Yourself, because freedom ain't free.
1: You heard. All right. And uh, tonight we have um, two very special guests. I think that that's, uh, that's probably an understatement to say that. But these two young ladies, uh, I'm very happy to be joined by some dynamic minds, and uh, I think we're going to have a great, great conversation tonight. Um, tonight's topic is Black Faces in White Spaces. And we'll be talking about uh, being black in corporate America, just sharing our, exp- our experiences and our thoughts, uh, our opinions on what it's like to be black um, in environments, uh, specifically private sector business environments, that don't necessarily um, uh, intend to center your experience and your voice. So um, we have two ladies, uh, uh, professionals, joining us to, to, to build and engage this topic. So I want to uh, allow my sister, Francisca, to in, introduce herself first.
2: My name is Francisca French. I um, graduated with a degree in business administration, concentration in marketing, and I am currently in marketing. So I right. work in a corporate environment in marketing. All right.
3: Okay, uh, my name is Queen Amani. I have a BA in business administration uh, with a focus on finance. I work as a uh, banking manager.
1: All right. Hey, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> money money. Right, for real. <laughs> um so first of all, you know, I, I know we uh, me and my brother, we both know these young ladies as um friends and as professionals, you know, having having interacted in, in different capacities. Uh you know, with these young ladies in the community. And, you know, I've always seen, you know, when you talk about best practices, I feel like I've seen you guys, you know, exhibit best practices every time I've seen it. And um, it's a joy to be on the, at the table with you. You know, I just want to say that. So we appreciate you uh, spending you. a couple of hours with us, you know, uh, in the evening, on a Sunday. You could be doing anything. So we appreciate you. I don't know if you've got a uh, show that you like to watch on Netflix or something or you got a... <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Appreciate you, though. Um, so um, my my education background is economics and finance as well. And then I went on to get a master's in public administration. And uh, today I work for a nonprofit uh, doing community development. I used to work for a um, municipality uh, doing community development as well. And before that, I, I worked for a private public partnership doing economic development. And uh, I want to allow my brother uh, Josh to to let us know his background, his his education, and his uh, professional work today.
0: Uh, definitely. Uh, so, uh, as as you all mentioned, uh, you know I have a, a degree as well. And higher education is important to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, my degree is in communications, my BA. I have a master's in business administration, and uh, r- currently do work. Um, <clears throat> I'm a realtor. And I also do work for a nonprofit, uh, some consulting work called Youth Build, which is a GED and pre-apprenticeship program. So,
1: all right. So, um, just wanted to get that the education background in because you know, um, oftentimes that's there's a direct link to the uh, you know education attainment and professional opportunities, and we, we can perhaps build mm-hmm. on that too. Um, but I just like for you guys to let us know um, how you came to be working as a professional in the field that you do, maybe a queen, you can, you can get us started.
3: Well, I've been actually in banking for mm, going on almost uh, 10 years now. Started um, working for um, JP Morgan Chase.
4: Mm.
3: Um, I've always been interested in finance. Um, I originally was going to be an accountant, but that changed quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What changed? changed Um,
3: It's too repetitive. He did something that's going to, you know, give me different challenges. Gotcha. Um, I like what I do. Um, now I'm more like in the electronic sector wow. of it as far as what people see online as far as their um, banking experience. Um, wow. Like I said, I've been in my current role for a little over a year now, mm-hmm. um, local bank. Okay, got you. Um, work, trying to work my way up.
1: Got you. So um, what, um, you know, did you have models for... Uh, professional women black women in banking when you were coming up or how was you know how did you come how did you find this particular role
3: well I've always liked um money <laughs> 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 money math um that's how <laughs> 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 want to know how it works um not I haven't had role models so much in the um like finance and banking area but i um, definitely in business and um education yeah. um my sister um, Valerie Jefferson. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. um, uh, yeah. a legend. Yeah, she's you know working with Rock Valley College. Um, she's a professor now. Wow. She's working on her doctorate. Oh, so awesome. watching her growing up, you know, you, you can't um,
2: fall f- too far behind.
3: Yeah, <laughs> for
4: real. For
1: real. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about us? Uh, it's French.
2: Well, just starting out. I really, really enjoy just the whole aspect of marketing. So I kind of knew that was going to be my path. Um, just going to school, being in business, my actual plan was international business. Mm. And funny story is that at my school, international business had the most amount of requirements. So three weeks before graduation, I said, you know what? I don't feel like going to school for an additional semester. So I just cut it to marketing. And um, you know, I've been in marketing for a little bit now. And I love it because marketing is the most fun in my opinion aspect Mm. of business you get to be creative you get to use your mind you get to do analysis which is what i'm doing right now and it's really the heartbeat of how a business flows because if nobody knows about your business nobody's going to buy into your business so we're really the communication and like two sides of the coin we're the communications part but we're also the money making business part Mm. so
0: that's dope you know bishop bishop is a communications guy no, yeah, <clears throat> no. I love communication. I mean, it's, it's just so it's so applicable. It's so, <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, it, it's it's constant and it's applicable, and uh, no matter what business you're in, I feel like you're in the, you're in the people business.
1: So, mm-hmm. so uh, I want to ask you guys this question because the, the show evening service. And first of all, we we do welcome all you guys listening out there to join in. You feel free to call in. Feel free to text in. Uh, the phone number is eight one five. Three two zero nine zero zero five. Yes, bro. I'm First time I got that right. Bro. I'm getting all <laughs> nine. Hey, never would have made it. Probably. But uh, feel free to call in, text in. You know, we talking about being black in white spaces, and uh, right now we just kind of uh, sharing our background story. You know, how we got into the uh, corporate field, and um, I just like to, the whole show is really about centering the black perspective. You know, and not because um, this is it's, it's really very not often we get an opportunity to share what it's like you know to 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 see through our eyes you know and uh and share some game if we can and 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 connect with people who maybe have shared those experiences with us so I just like to know um you know being young people being professionals I'm thirty years old um i I just like to know from you guys uh you know in ha- having your first was was this job what you said you've been in banking for ten years, but you started at a different company. You, you've been in corporate America working for how long?
4: Um,
2: in corporate? For a little while now. I don't tell years. But the same that tells my age. So let's keep, let's hey, keep it a little vague. So. Black, black, black don't crack. Black
0: don't So you good for at least a, you know, a good more 40, 50 years <laughs> before you get
1: that first wrinkle. So, I mean, what was your first uh, corporate experience like out of college? And, and what was that? Was there like a culture shock? Because, you know, we talk about company culture, corporate culture, and- you know, what was that like for you as a black woman uh, stepping into their first corporate experience out of college?
2: Well, my first experience out of college was a little bit different. It was actually I was a auditor, but it was within the realm of social work, I would say. Wow. And I would say there were more. It was more diverse in that field mm. in social work than what I am in now really? and then what I have been in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can count on one hand. The, no, the number of African American people who wow. were in the building, <laughs> not in my department, <laughs> in the building. So, I second that. Wow.
0: <laughs> was it a big? How big? Large was? It, how many employees? Like the social, the social
1: field, social work field. How in many?
2: that building, I would say there were at least uh, seventy-five to a hundred uh-huh. people. But in you know the buildings that I've been in more more recently, there have been. 150
1: people mm. so okay and it being a handful of black people yeah what about you queen
3: um pretty much the same experience like right even now I don't think it's been another person that looked like me in my department
4: right um right, right.
3: let alone in management um, okay. my first you know managers meeting looking around just me <laughs> <laughs> just me
0: yeah <laughs> I, I'm curious about that um <clears throat> I think both both of our guest host mentioned that, or all of us around the table, you know, did higher education, went to college, obtained degrees. I'm just curious about that experience, you know, maybe before we even get into the the, the corporate, the work experiences post-college. Um, I, I'm just curious about that. I think that that has, you know, so I, I went to a, a small college in Iowa. And I always tell people I didn't know how black I was until I went to Iowa, mm. you know. Uh, and the school was founded by Norwegian immigrants and a town founded by Norwe- Norwegian immigrants. So it's like little Norway for Norwegians. And now you got, a, you know, black students there. You know, I went there and it's, uh, I think it's 1,500 students. And I was, you know, one of five African-Americans and they had a large African population. But I always say I didn't know how black I was because I felt like... Um, you no, know, on one hand, I, I dealt with discrimination. And then on the other hand, there was people who would ask me questions about my blackness. And for the first time, I had to answer and think about my blackness. And me, I had friends who went to historically black colleges and universities, and we always debated who got the real, quote-unquote, education. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I felt like, you know, leaving that environment and going into the corporate setting that I went into, I worked for a tobacco company right at, right after college. To me, like the epitome of irony, you know <laughs> for you know my economic my route to economic independence or stability being tobacco wow, and um man. and wow. I felt like in same situation as y'all you know a black face in a white space, you know, and i I just when I engage different people, I, I just know I have to move different when I'm in around all white people. And I felt like my college experience really prepared me for that. So I don't know what you all, could you speak to your college experience and what that was like and how you felt like that prepared you for, you know, these uh corporate environments that you've been in since then?
4: Well,
2: actually, it's a little bit different for me because starting out in school, I, if I didn't notice it then, but when I look back at my class pictures, there weren't a whole lot of black people in my classes. <laughs> and I went to school here. so Where'd you go to school? I went to school in Rockford here. Um, high I school? Went to, oh, high school, Auburn. Okay. And even there, it, if you look at my yearbook, when I went to college, I know some of my friends were looking at my yearbook. They were like, oh, it wasn't real diverse where you were from, where was it? And I said, yeah, but looking back, no, it wasn't. Right, so... Okay. Um, Actually, starting out in college, I first went to Rutgers University. So I have, and then I went to um, Howard University. So I mm. transferred, mm. and I have that that same experience, or the two experiences. So in in looking at it, and one thing that I did notice with transferring from Rutgers to Howard is that Howard teaches you as I would assume all historically psychologists, they teach you to be the absolute best because they know you have to be the best to Mm. succeed. And so, Howard teaches you to be a leader. Mm. Rutgers taught you the traditional academic aspect.
4: Mm.
2: So, I wouldn't say that one was better than the other. It's just like you said, wow. teaching people to navigate in different spaces. Wow. So I got both of those experiences. And if I could say which one helped me the most, I would say that Howard helped me the most. Because in any aspect, you have to be a leader if you want to succeed.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go
3: ahead. Um, well, I started my college journey at Rock Valley. So that was pretty much kind of like high school. Shout out to Eagle. <laughs>
4: kind
3: of like <laughs> high school. A lot. I send a lot of the same people. Um, and then I went to Upper Iowa University, but I did their um, sister school or satellite school here in Rockford. Okay. Okay. So it was a lot of working adults mm. that were just like myself. So um, I don't think I really had the experience of, like, noticing that I'm black. I mean, mm. um, mm-hmm. like I said, it was just other indivi- other other individuals trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do. Hmm. Trying to work, go to school, and not be in a whole lot of debt.
0: Right. <laughs> Got you. Got you. So do do you all feel like you were? So you had a unique experience because you kind of went PWI and HBCU.
2: Right, I went the same path of Amiri Baraka.
1: Got
0: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> Got you. Hey, Amiri Baraka, uh, formerly known as Leroy Jones. Yes, that come was. on, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on.
2: The father of the mayor of Newark, New Jer- Oh, Newark, New Jersey. I didn't know that was his dad. Yes. Oh,
0: Ross wow. oh That's dope. Got you. Hey, you, drop, you name dropping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, and then Queen, you, you took a more uh, local approach to higher education. So, I mean, I think there's people listening or out there who probably took similar paths. How prepared do you all feel like those, how prepared do you feel like you were or if you were or weren't, you know, what experience do you feel like? what experiences that you had before entering corporate America do you feel like helped prepare you or could have, you know, you wish you would have had this or done that, that you feel like would have made you, you know, better prepared?
3: I don't know about better prepared. I think the fact that, like I have always I've always worked, even high school on up. So I've always worked and went to school. So I've always been in a mix of people, um, been able to see, um, you know, how work life is and school life. Um, so when I got to the position I am now, I'm comfortable with, you know, different cultures, different people. Um, I'm noticing that other people aren't as comfortable. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, just even me, like I said, coming into my department, I think I don't think anyone else ever looked like me in that department. than yeah. then um, Matt and you 30, I'll, I'll be turning 30. So I'm one yeah, of the younger managers coming in there and they yeah. looking at me like, uh, you know, who is this, you know, yeah, this yeah, young yeah. kid and then my name. They are already assuming go they already, Queen, assuming, let's go. <laughs> <right>? they already <laughs> assuming when that when come in, okay, who is this person yeah. and then you know, and just having to follow up behind my name
4: mm-hmm.
2: so um just doing internships during college and like she said, working even in high school, I was more than prepared for the corporate environment, and I would agree with Queen that I don't think. Other people are as prepared, especially people who didn't have experiences as I did with going outside of this area. Mm -hmm. And they've only been accustomed to this area and being allowed to do things in their own way. And I don't think I don't think my openness is the same as their openness. Mm
1: -hmm. So what do you guys think about the um, it sounds that you're comfortable in in those settings that you're in? Would Would that be? Take to say that you're comfortable working in a corporate setting. Yeah, I'm
3: comfortable.
0: Yeah, I'm comfortable anywhere. I'm not
3: so um, sold on the fact that everybody else is comfortable, but I'm comfortable. Right, right,
0: okay. You said something just now, though, that's interesting. You said people people who, you mentioned certain people you didn't feel like or maybe aren't as prepared to be a black face in a white space because they're used to doing things their own way. So I'm just curious because you maybe expound upon that. You know, like, what is the right way to be a black face in a white space?
2: Mm. I think to be yourself. Mm. Just be yourself. Be professional, as you would in any situation. But be yourself, because if you if you conform yourself to be how you think someone else wants you to be, then mm. you're just going to end up shooting yourself in the foot, because with anything that you do, it, they can see it another way.
0: Mm. So, like, I, now you just said something else I think that's interesting you said with anything that you do other people can see it another way so perception
4: right mm-hmm.
0: so like if I'm being myself yeah and it's perceived that you know I'm being aggressive mm. or I'm being you know I think my I, I, I'll say speak for me like my challenge when I first entered corporate America was trying to you know, I, didn't, I never felt like I could be myself yeah you know, I, I always felt like I was in a morgue. Like, Ooh. nobody's really being themselves, you know? Like, everybody dead, you know what I mean? Like, this is a dead environment to me. Like, nobody's being real. Like, nobody, like, I feel like I had to put on, I had to perform, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I had to put on a mask and yeah. be this this thing, you know? And that thing had to, like, almost, not necessarily disassociate from being black, mm. but... I couldn't do anything that was associated with being black. Yeah. Because I wanted to be seen as who I, like Joshua. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And immediately, like you said, like when they see my name, when they see your name, Queen, it's like, okay, like, oh, this is probably a black person. Mm. And then when you get put into that box or that package, you know, it's like there's limits placed on you. Yes, sir. You know, like this person can't be. And on top of that, then, like, you come around talking a certain way or looking a certain way or acting a certain way, you know, that's really just who you are. But without somebody knowing who you are, all they can do is judge you based on how they, mm. their assumptions, you know, and how they perceive you. Mm. So it's like I'm trying to manage their their perception. I'm trying to manage this perception. And in that, I can't be myself because the way that they associate black you know, language or black yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, is negative. So that that was I think, you know, that was uh a lot of pressure that I felt like oh, maybe I put on myself. You know, but I, I don't know, like is it necessary? Can you can you really be authentically mm, can you really question. be authentically black great question in those spaces and still be perceived as an equal and and still be successful.
3: I think people, everybody has a different definition of what being black is. Mm. Um, good, like, good point. Like you said, people, even though you might feel a certain way about the situation, they might perceive it differently. Mm. You think that you're just being black, or um, and the next person might just think that you're just being overly ghetto, but you just think you're just being yourself. Now I will say, in my experience, I do sometimes have to think. I don't want to be the angry black woman. Mm. I don't want. To, <laughs> I don't want. You know, I don't want them yeah, to already yeah, 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 have yeah. this idea. I'm going. This is how I'm going to come back. I yeah. have to. I actually think about how I say things. Sometimes I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you shouldn't have to feel like you're putting it on the face though for work.
0: Right. I feel. I just. I. <laughs> I've been in situation where a white person will say something completely inappropriate. You know what I mean. And everybody laugh, And I know for a fact if I said that exact same thing, it yeah. would be an issue. So, like you said, I, you know, I've, always, I've always operated under a filter. You know what I mean? Yeah. In those spaces. Just yeah. out of me feeling like I had to, to protect myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
2: That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Because, as she said, being a black woman in a corporate environment is completely different than being a black man. Because mm. when you get down to the core of it, you're still a man. And they're still going to see you as a man. Mm -hmm. But when someone automatically has those stereotypes about you being black, and then on top of that, they automatically have a stereotype about you being a woman, you can go to someone and you can say, excuse me, did you get that report for whatever, whatever? and when they tell the story you excuse me did you get that um report um
3: (laughs) so it doesn't matter
2: how you say it or anything like that so why not be you if you're automatically going to have that perception anyway just
4: Mm. be whoever
2: you are Mm. right and that i think that goes
3: for not just from like I'm not necessarily customer facing, but I do interact with customers. Mm -hmm. So not just from my employees, but when I'm speaking to customers, I have to watch myself Mm because they already, you know, maybe have this preconceived notion. So I don't want to say the wrong thing, and then they repeat it back, and I'm like, "That's not totally not how this went." (laughs) (laughs) But you know, and then they say, "Queen," they're not gonna forget me.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So So, let me ask you this. what uh because i think it is you know i think the the conversation is starting to get some more texture to it and i appreciate that i think um there's something we all can engage in this conversation because we understand we understand that there's something unique about being black working in mostly white settings you know what i'm saying like there's right. be, there's something unique right. about being black and what we understand to be corporate america which is dominated by white males oftentimes and um i would you know take it a step further and say that corporate America exists to advance the success, the status, the comfort of white males, you know, mm. white people probably generally, but, you know, having be, being dominated by white males that there what happens, the tendency, the habit is to center themselves and advance their own position. So we are entered, we, we step into that setting, you know, because there's been room made for us by our ancestors, um, having pushed the systems and, um, by our own success, you know, proving that, you know, we can compete, um and we know that there is a unique, you know, experience being black in corporate america. And I just want to talk about like and I think that that having to hold that is stress in itself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like of course we 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 can, you know, put on armor every day and we can, you know, look in the mirror and say, "I'm manning up, I'm womaning up, you know, I got to feed my family. You know, I uh Howard made me ready for this, you know. Howard told me I got to be Better or you know my dad or my mom My old, my big sister told me this You know already those conversations Not being had in white people homes mm-hmm. right You know what I'm saying So that having that Already is in an extra morsel Of pressure and stress on You to perform you know what I'm saying And mm-hmm. not, that's not to say Necessarily you know Tap dance and soft shoe for people But you know knowing that you have a, That you have to exert a certain a different level Of energy whether that be a nuance in your vernacular or whether that be a softening your tone or whether that be you know what you put on maybe because you know you look different or you know those type of things mm-hmm. and i think that's the that's the unique you know those are the things that are first of all whack you know what i'm saying that's whack as hell to have to do that but that's kind of um um what's the word that's almost like take it for granted sometimes and even by us like oh, so what you got to do that it first of all it shouldn't have to be that way mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's why i think if we can have a conversation and help people understand first of all you're not alone second of all um there are people that you can tap into for support you know uh and third even maybe you know having helping white people or you know our hr settings or whatever you know what i'm saying understand that there's something unique about it you know we can make even more room for our people so i just I one question i wanted to ask is um what um we got two sisters at the table with us what is it like because you know i i i have a sister who i love i had a sister who passed away who who was like a mother to me and my mom of course is is you know i worship my mom and um and you know a sister's hair is a is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It's like a it's it's like a it's like a work of art, you know what I'm saying? So what is it like being black women going to work with a different hairstyle? Like how did they respond to you? Lord <laughs> like I said, you,
3: you definitely touched it. Well you know my brother is a hairstylist. Right. So um so you, you I don't coming do, through. But, not, <laughs> but he not he's not here. Yeah. So I have to manage it myself and I don't let it, too many people, you know, do things to my hair. I'm not, um, like I said, I'm not the, um, I don't do the Chatequa hairstyles too much. You know what I'm wow. saying? I try to. Hey, you're going
0: to, to you're gonna have to break that down. I try You know yeah, what I'm saying? I don't
3: better. do all the extras. But <laughs> when I do want to think of, like, for I started working out. Okay. So when I do want to think of like a protective style or something, I I do have to think about that. Like, okay, if I come in here with my hair in these braids like this, is somebody gonna say something to me? Yeah. Am I gonna have to fight HR about yeah. this about my hair? Yeah. Like, you know, I really gotta think about this because right, right, there's right. no way that I'm gonna be able to go to the gym every day and then be silky pressed in the morning, <laughs> and, you know, and not yeah. and have still have my full head of hair. Right. It's, right. It's I no. I have definitely had these conversations with um, my brother with other hairstyles. I was like, "What can I do that's still going to look business, you know, professional, mm, mm-hmm. and I don't have to fight nobody about this hairstyle?"
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. so what? Like, what are some of the things that you've you know heard or seen? Like, what do people do when they see you with your new hairstyle?
3: Like I'll do sew-ins, okay. you know. Maybe it'd be a bob cut. It's obviously shorter than my hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got your hair cut? No, um, no, this is a wig. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a wig. No, it's a sew-in. <laughs> but what so you sold it to your. You know, they ask yeah. like different. Like I don't mind because some people are just
4: curious. no, yeah, they just. But don't then know. some
3: people just just really just don't understand. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just protecting my hair. I don't have to wash it every day. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. They don't get it, right? They don't get it. What about you, Francisco? Like, we, we, like a hair, like hairstyle, like you got now. Like, how will people?
2: Um, I change it up often well not often i'm not every day but i change it up whenever i want to i mm-hmm. wear my hairstyles however i want to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't think anyone has ever had a problem with it if they have they have never expressed it to me um,
1: <laughs> hey they never came to me with it so, <laughs> They have never i don't
2: know if i get off all that perception that <laughs> i don't care what you say yeah, about my hair yeah, yeah. but um no it's They do ask questions. And if I feel like answering it, I will. If I don't, then I will say YouTube it like everybody else who asks questions. about something. Uh, Um, But (laughs) um, I did have one coworker. I had, you know, long curly hair one day and then he didn't see me for a while. So it was braided the next time that he saw it. But it was my natural hair braided. And he did ask. He said, "Oh, Francisca, you know, last time I saw you, you had those big curls. How do you get it from one way to the other?" <laughs> I looked at him. Said, "Magic."
0: Black, black girl, magic.
4: Black girl there, magic.
2: There was no more conversation about it or anything. Whoa! So I don't, I don't think hair is as big of a deal as we make it out to be. We mm-hmm. are very conscious about how our hair looks wow, to that's other a people, that's an but. Point. Do whatever makes you feel happy with your hair, as long as it's not
1: See, not looking
2: go. not looking like Halle Berry and Babs, but right uh, twenty seven uh, piece uh, over here and, <laughs> and a couple twist braids all, no. <laughs> right? Because, like I said before, you do still want to be professional, right. but how, wear it however you
1: want. I, think that's, the, you I think that's the interesting point, you know <laughs> how how you know how we've come to know how we've come to assume that. Um, a person with a 27 piece on one side and some twist braids is unprofessional
0: right you know what i mean well i think i think what you said earlier is interesting in in that same vein you know as far as you know who's having these conversations you know and the fact that like in our culture we have to have this conversation you know and to me like that that's what i would consider micro oppression Mm. You know, when we talk about like microaggressions. To me, that's micro-oppression. Mm. You know, like you're a new new sociological terms for. It? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> no, like, and you know, I, I like to look up words. You know, and when I look up the definition of oppression, one of them is mental pressure or distress. Wow. You know, the state of being subject to unjust treatment or control. You know, prolonged, cruel, or unjust treatment or control like that. Like that's a to me a form of control. You know, like I think. And I, I, like me and me and me and Matt debate all the time like the difference between like a concept and a and 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 a practical, you know, ability to do something. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like to I don't know, to me, like to say like wear your hair however, but not yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then that to me is not like real freedom. Like it's like, you know, you can walk, but not over here, over here, over here, over there.
4: Like, mm. Just
0: walk right there. You know what I mean? And, like, so I, I don't know. I, I think that that's, you know, I don't I don't know if that's – if I was talking to, you know, when I'm talking to black, you know, the next generation of black youth about, you know, employability, I have to really tell them, you know, um, you know, these are – You know, like you said earlier, like, these are the unwritten rules of being a black face in a white space, and to me, like, we have to arm them with that information, and I think there's a, you know, so I'm just dropping that, you know, Um, I'm kind of pushing back against what you said about, like, people being able to, like, like do whatever, you know, because even some of my black colleagues have had conversations about, you know, once in colleague in particular felt like and he asked do you feel like I'm a sellout because he would wear suits, you know what I'm saying, like swagging, you know what I'm saying? Like Stacy Adams, you hey, know what I mean? Symbols. With the socks too. With the socks, bro. You know what I mean? He was he colorful was, socks. You know what I mean? Swagging every day. Like very, very he fit the the mode of, you know, professionalism. Like that's how we want you to dress. Like suit and tie every single day. And he did that. You know, and I think a part of that was his own his own pressure that he put on himself. Like, I need to do this, you know, to be seen this way. And after a while, people expected that from him. And so when he would dress down, people would make comments to him. Mm. You know what I mean? And he got frustrated, you know, to, a, to the point where he was like mad and talking to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. bro. And, you know, so I, I just, you know, I I think that, yeah you know, I agree with you. I think that sometimes we do put some of that pressure on ourselves. But at the same time, you know, there is this external pressure, you know, this micro oppression where people, you know, are, you know, people feel like they have to do these things. And I guess, you know, who's who's to say who's right or wrong? But I do, I do feel like, you know, I've been, you know, people have approached me at work, said things to me at work. I feel like there's been opportunities that I've been passed up on, you know, are not considered because people want to feel comfortable. People want to feel like people want to put on people like them. You know what I mean? For sure. If I'm going to have to be around somebody for 40 plus hours a week or whatever, I mean, how many hours a week, I want somebody, I want to be comfortable. I'm not going to intentionally put myself in a position to be uncomfortable. And unfortunately, the people making those decisions are people who don't look like us. They don't talk like us generally. Generally. You know, they don't come from our same communities. We generally don't listen to the same type of music. We generally don't you know, dress the same, what we consider appropriation and what they consider. this is just culture. The culture is different. And so if you come into a culture that's different than yours uh-huh. and you want to be successful, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't I, I, I couldn't tell my little brother or sister to just do whatever you want.
2: So with your coworker that dressed in suits every day, did he advance in the company because he wore those suits?
0: See that I don't I don't know how to qualify that You know um, But I think that I don't know I don't know I think that he Probably felt Okay So It's hard to say like If he Opportunities that he was given Are because he had on a suit And if he didn't have on a suit You know Would he mm-hmm. have been given Those same opportunities I don't know But it's almost like With everything working against you like, don't work against yourself. I think that's more so how that's he feels. And mm-hmm. if he didn't, like, that could, be a, that could be a mark against me. So I'm going to just not even mm-hmm. toe that line because it could. You know what I mean?
4: Right. And so, I think
0: that pressure alone is micro-oppression.
2: Right. So he felt like he had to be perfect in order to advance.
3: A little extra on it to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably.
0: You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel like he felt external pressure to do certain things to level the playing field for himself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely that. I think, yeah, I think it was rooted in that. I don't know. And I, I felt like, I don't know, have y'all felt like that? I mean, have, have you have you ever been in a, a, a situation at work where you felt, like, discriminated against or, like, you know, certain opportunities weren't afforded to you, certain doors weren't open to you, like, just because you were, you know, because you were black?
3: I don't think I've not um not that I could see um I don't think i've I've experienced anything like that as far as you know I'm me, I do my job. you can't take that away from me.
2: I absolutely feel that way <laughs> actually, I was told that
4: oh.
2: I was told that I did not play the game mm. that those were the exact words that were used it's crazy was this another um person of
3: color who told you this it, was a,
2: it was a person of color oh. it was not a black person okay. of color I got you. Um, so yeah, definitely, but like i said it's it wasn't necessarily that I wore my hair a certain way or that i or that my performance was low or that anything like that. it was really intimidation yeah. because mm. they want you to be or to say that they want you to be that that extraordinary employee but not really because mm. if you are that then you're where a threat. are they yeah, yeah you're mm. a threat.
0: that's heavy so you have you've been held back in your professional environment because you were black absolutely wow. and you and you and you felt like you followed all the rules yes So then how, then, would you advise someone to be, how can you be, you know, black and successful in corporate America?
2: Quit and go someplace else like I did. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, It's really with mentorship, I would say, finding the right people that can help you into different situations. They don't necessarily have to be black or they don't necessarily have to be a person of color, just someone that you trust. And someone who, who is in a higher position, who you can really go to and explain things to and they can help you in in all types of situations because you don't even have to bring up that you felt discriminated against with that person. You can just say, hey, I would like to have your advice on how to move up or how to do whatever you want to do to advance your career. And if they feel that connection with you, then they'll trust you or you'll trust them and they can help you do those advances. So I would say mentorship and just really staying on top of your game as far as your work performance.
4: Mm.
3: I think that's all you really can do. When you go into a job, you kind of after being there for a while, you kind of already scope out the environment, so you kind of I think you already have an idea if this is going to be something if this is going to be a attainable goal for you if you want to move up. Mm. Mm. Just from looking around, you know, the people that you work with um, looking at the past history of the company right. and just, you know, kind of vibing off of that.
1: Are, they legal, where, right, Are where- <laughs> they legal friendly? Right. <laughs> friendly? Hey, let me ask you all this. Um, what do you think about the, you know, the statement, the the notion, the popular notion, in you know, in black communities? Uh, I'm sure your parents or your loved ones, your mentors probably have told you that, you know, as a black person, you have to be twice as good you know what I'm saying to get like half as far you know what I mean mm. But you got to be five times as good to get to where your white counterparts are what what do you guys think about that
3: I think that's still um very true in a lot of um a lot a lot of different uh areas yeah um without putting too much out there um f- f- a lot of my jobs I've had more education than my boss and my boss's boss Oh my you know <laughs> and oh then, man.
0: you
3: know, and which you know, which is fine. I'm comfortable with i I did the work, yeah. I got the degree, um, you know, an experience does play a lot, and if you've been there for a while and you work your way up, you know all for it, but um, I do think if I didn't have the degree, even with my experience, yeah. I wouldn't got the position mm-hmm. as opposed to Senior someone y- else, yeah. Clock,
2: yeah, I would definitely agree with that, um. I have noticed something that I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, just looking at LinkedIn and things like that, if you look at people's profiles, if you look at black people
4: mm-hmm.
2: and they'll have all these credentials, all of this education, if you look at a white person with that same type of position yep, and you look at their everything. credentials, they are they they don't match. Mm. And one thing that I've noticed with, um, not to tote on my friends, but... Mm-hmm a lot of um or i have several friends right now who are pursuing their phd and i wonder are you pursuing this so that you can move up in your in whatever field you're trying to do are you getting this phd because you want to learn more because mm-hmm. when you get a phd you finish all the school yeah. <laughs> you're done <laughs> with school yeah. so it's just in on the flip side of that I don't have any white friends who have a PhD. Mm-hmm. And that's not to like say my white friends aren't worthy or whatever, but it's just, why do I have
4: yeah.
2: six, seven, eight friends of color who are currently pursuing a PhD, and they're struggling with obtaining um, positions of you know, higher status, mm. and then I have these counterparts who don't feel like they have to do that. They're
3: content, got the position that they want. Comfortable in their in their finances, the family yeah. life, right? Uh, I definitely agree. Um, I Have family members, cousins, MBAs. Like my brother just finished with his MBA. Yeah. yeah. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out King Vic.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Now I'm pushing to get mine because now he beat me, so I got
0: <laughs> <laughs> sibling rivalry. <laughs>
3: so I got to um, move on up, but um, that's definitely the truth. Like I know a lot of my friends who do who have higher education, got the MBA, PhD, and on the other side, they it. don't even have associates. Yeah. So I'm like,
1: man, come on. <laughs> mm. man, so, so do you think it's because they just don't need it like we do? Do you think that's the case? Like they can just slide, you know?
0: Like, you saying, like, do we think that their mental capacity, like, they're just smarter naturally? or no,
1: that's, that's definitely <laughs> not what I'm saying. Okay. So, I hope that wasn't interpreted that way. <laughs> what I'm saying is, of course, I don't need to pursue higher education because I'm going to get this job regardless. You know? Like, I'm going to point and nod and we're going to look out for each other. Or, you know, why would I need to pursue additional education when I'm going to walk into this interview and tell this person that this is who I am, this is what I got, da, 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 da. Like, you know, what? They don't need... Of course they don't need to. Like, it's theirs. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas we feel like we have to,
0: you know what I'm saying, add, add some seasons and butter and sugar to ours. <laughs> i just say, like, if I may, like, I, I think to answer that question for me, like, I think it's, like, pursuing is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to say, like, it's... un Like, the work is so hard, but it's, like, most times when you, you know... Most people I know when I went and got my MBA, everybody was working. you know what I mean everybody was working full time most people you know I would say ninety percent if not eighty five you know the majority of people were working full-time jobs a lot of people had kids a lot of people had other responsibilities outside of just going to school and even when I was in undergrad, what I noticed like all my black friends we worked throughout undergrad and a lot of worked I mean, jobs worked jobs I was a student athlete and worked. Mm. You know, where a lot of my white friends, all they had to focus on was school. And mm-hmm. I had, you know, family issues and this. Right. A first generation student. You know what I'm saying? Right. Stuff going on. With my, people asking me for money at home, at the crib, calling me. I'm in college. Struggling. Struggling. Eating ramen noodles. Mm. Working part time. Mm. If you eat. If I eat. Working part time and going to school and, you know, and, and, I was a stu- and I was an athlete. And I got people in my family calling me asking me for money. Where you have my counterparts you know who all all they ha- all they got their biggest worry is you know what I'm saying Who buying like, the bottle this weekend exactly, you know what I'm saying <laughs> who getting the bottle and and whatever else they consume right. on the weekend oh you know what I'm saying so but that's cool you know but yeah, um, yeah, 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 so it to me like when we talk about you know. I don't wanna I I I I'll talk about equality. That's my question, you know, going forward. I, I would love y'all perspective on, you know, the reality of social equality, um, and how feasible that is. But, you know, as far as like feeling like you gotta work harder and why don't, you know, we feel like some of our counterparts go and pursue higher education. I mean that you know what I mean, like then to go get your masters, to go get your PhD, like if you don't need it, you know, if if, if you already plugged if your uncle already the uh-huh. CEO, yo, your daddy the CEO, your daddy the attorney and got a network, so you know, if you don't need it, why would you go get it? I feel like black people feel like we need it. We need it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. And why do we feel like we need it? And why don't you know? I I think that's a, that's a, that's a question too. And um, I don't know if we if we didn't have it, would we be you know afforded the same opportunities? And and that to me is like, you know. I think that is that a real like going back to the like the dress code thing and the hair thing and the other things like these are all things that you know are they real or are they just self imposed things that we feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have to do to balance you know the the playing field.
1: I, I'll say this: when I, I worked at an organization um, right after I finished my <laughs> right after I finished my masters. And uh, it was a great opportunity. You Which know, one, bro? Uh, I lo- loved the work I was doing. <laughs> and um, when I got in, you know, the the uh, guy who hired me, who was a great mentor to me, uh, taught me a lot, you know what I'm saying, and, uh gave me the autonomy to be creative and, and, you know, make things happen that I felt like would allow the organization to be successful. He had an associate's degree. Mm. You know, he, he was executive director. You know what I mean? So that's what. You know, and that really is more that's almost more valuable in terms of education than my master's was. You know, that teaches you socially what opportunity looks like for a black man versus a white man or for black people versus white people. You know what I'm saying? So how it helps me understand what type of posture I need to have. Really, not, not even necessarily in terms of a corporate setting, but, you know, really that I got that I got to go get what I want because mm. the game ain't fair. Mm. you know and it, it ain't based off of sympathy i can I, I can go cry to somebody about this but what's gonna happen you know what i mean so that helped me understand that um you know like you said experiences is dope he had like 25 years of experience you know working in in, in development and um and you know i i was probably 26 years old when i got the job you know so it's all good uh um,
2: so i have a question for that was your master's free
1: <laughs> um, so so I,
2: did your job pay for you man? No it is.
1: No. That's I didn't pay for it either, but... Or
2: did you have loans or anything like that? Yeah, afterwards? I did get a loan.
1: I did get a loan. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's part of the gap also because when you have then those student loans that you need to pay back, and he's already at the executive position, so he's already making a lot more than you. He didn't have to spend that money yeah, no. on getting a, a bachelor's <laughs> or right. a master's. Dang. He has an associate's, which a lot of times is a whole lot cheaper than the yes. however much many dollars that you spend on yours. He was able to say he at least went to school. Right. That's right. So right. he's already advancing in that way because he's starting out
1: Come on. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to say. Anything. No, that's true. Right. So that's the you know, and that's the thing to me. I think um I don't think it's nothing wrong with having a job, you know, like um I don't think it's anything wrong with having a job because I got one right now. And um, you know, my father used to always tell me this, you know, you go to school, you get a skill set. And then you enter the job market, and a company you negotiate a salary for a company to compensate you for that skill set that you bring into the, to the organization. You know what I mean? But he said um, you need to make sure you got at least two hustles, (laughs) at least two. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And as I get older, I'm I'm learning the value of that hustle versus that job. You
4: Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying?
1: And it's not even um right now it's not monetary at all because first of all I can't. Because I'm bound in this, you know, 40-hour obligation. It's really more than 40 hours because, like Josh always say, anybody working 40 hours. Like, if you're really trying to be successful in a corporate setting, they're getting you for more than 40 hours a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? they probably getting you for 60, 55, you know what I'm saying? Me personally. But um, but the value to me is 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 not even in the, the paycheck. It's It's in that the joy you get from being creative and seeing success in something that you advanced, you know, that you – you know brought from ideation to implementation to monetary success you know what i'm saying and that's kind of what i'm learning from my corporate experience like <laughs> where's my joy at where's my where's the fire warmer for me you know and like i said i'm learning that as i get older
0: well i think i think that you know that's a a great point you know like in terms of how do you get free you know what i mean mm. and because In a situation, you know, that our sister Francesca just talked about, like, you've done... Your performance was on point. Nobody could challenge your performance. You know what I mean? Um, Was you on time?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excuse
4: me? (laughs) Uh,
0: All right, so my husband was late. No, just playing. But, I mean, they couldn't question your performance. You had done... You were following the rules, and you still... Weren't afforded an opportunity because she said you weren't "quote unquote" playing the game. Mm. Right, you know what I mean. So like that's that's my thing. Like we got to change the game. You know what I mean? Because if we trying to play that corporate game, it, to me it's it's almost like a, a donkey with a carrot in front of You know, with, with a uh, a carrot tied to a stick. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you're constantly you, going to chase it. Yeah. You're constantly chasing this thing that you know, like. Is it really? Is it truly obtainable? You know what I mean. Like, like you said, and I would, I would argue. I've been reading Garveyism. You know what I mean. But you know, Garvey talk in the book. I guess Garvey's wife talks a lot about, you know, the, I guess the um, like it's not realistic. Like social equality is is not a realistic uh, future for America for Black people in America specifically. And the the argument is a point that you kind of made earlier. If you are, if you get that that promotion, if you get that hundred thousand dollar job, you know, um, then somebody white ain't getting it. Mm. That means that, and everything that comes along with that, you know, that economic stability, you know, and your ability to do things with your money. Um, so in in a in a, a society where there's there's social and racial equality that means that uh me being black you know has absolutely nothing to do but with with opportunities but in a world in a society that is uh I would say built the foundation of the society is built on racial differentiation you know and that would mean that white people would have to give up that privilege you know, because that is the that really sets the tone. You know, these opportunities that we're talking about set the tone for that privilege, you know, and their ability to um to move and do the things that they want to do. Because everything that we do is controlled by economics. You wake up every day and go to the not you personally, but people wake up every day and go to jobs or do activities that help them generate income. Mm-hmm. Their livelihood is depending on that. And so it's one thing to say, yeah, we're equal opportunity employer. We give everybody opportunities. But, yeah, as soon as you get that $100,000 job, everybody making seventy, and the white people that got to report to you, that's a problem. Mm. So it's like, what are, you know, in terms of playing the game and trying to get these opportunities and fighting for these opportunities, going back to school for these opportunities, Come on. you know what I'm saying, neglecting your family and your children so you can go and focus and write that dissertation for for these opportunities. Mm. You know what I mean? Is it really worth it? Mm. I mean, are you I mean, in that game, in that lane, you know what I mean? Is there is, is it really worth it? Is is that a reality? Is that something that we can really bank on like, you know what? One day if I keep if I do this, if I wear a suit every day, Woo. if I, you know what I'm saying, follow all the rules, show up on time, be killing it on my numbers, my numbers is on point. If people can sit here and say all that and still not be afforded an opportunity? I mean what what else can you do but you know what I mean like, but change the game and I, I I guess from a Garvey perspective, you know it was all about we have to have our own everything, we have to have our own nation, we have to have our own politics, and his perspective was people get respect through success mm. through achievement and progress, and black people always got their hand out asking a white person for something. Mm. In this conversation in corporate America, dominated by white men, we always asking, man, can I get a job? Dang, man. You know, then I, uh, yeah, I I guess I'll give you a job. Well, can I get a promotion? Can I get more money? Can I get a day off? Can I get a. Always asking. And is there any respect in somebody that's always begging for something? Mm. You always begging. We always begging. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, is there a realistic future of equality in a situation where we're always asking? That's my question.
2: I don't think um, I can answer that question right now. But for something to take away that beggar mentality, I think it's important that when one person's rising. When when one person rise, they should bring up other people with them,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: I think that's something that we have to. We often tiptoe around mm-hmm. is that when when a person of color rise, they feel like, okay, I can't hire too many black people because then wow. I'll be seen as this way. Mm-hmm. So you've already reached the quota with you.
4: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I
1: got a homie. I got a homie who works at a, a restaurant in the kitchen, and um. He was telling me, yeah, man, they got me in here at the chef, man, you know what I'm saying, and and, and these other brothers in here mad at me. I'm like, are they mad at you? You know, like, yeah, man, because, you know, like, I don't know if I want no other brothers in here working with me. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, you joking, right? He was like, nah, man, it's sweet for me. I'm I'm the only one in the kitchen right now, so it's sweet for me. I'm like, but it should be the other way, right? You Like, you should want more brothers in there with you. He was like, not for real, and laughs it off. I'm like... You know, I'm gonna highlight you later, man.
0: <laughs> but that, I feel like you know, like that 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 conditioning. You know what I'm saying? Like, mug, we've been breeded like that. You know what I mean? Like, why would he? You know what I'm saying? Why would he want to be the only one in the in a better situation? Maybe I don't know what it is. I don't know if you make more money in the kitchen. It's less laborious. I mean, it's less te- you know um, tedious. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, he's happy that he he's to be in the kitchen. But you don't want no other black people, no other black people in the kitchen, no other oh, brothers in the oh. kitchen, sisters in the kitchen, like. And I, I've seen that in corporate America. We go to a, a section meeting or a, a meeting where there's a lot of employees there, you know, and black people don't want to sit at the same table. Like we can't all sit at the same. It's five of us in here out of five hundred people in here, and we can't sit at. You look we can't around.
3: Congregate together. <laughs> they sitting
0: at the same table. Everybody, all the other tables, they sitting at the same table.
3: We got we to spread out So it's not a gang, Basically
1: Right Hey have you, I mean I, I was reading this thing online And talking about how like You work in corporate America If you get asked questions like this And it was like If you've ever You know Been uh, Seen Talking with uh, One or more Of your black co-workers And later you get asked a question So what was that meeting
0: about? Oh wow <laughs> Wow That's crazy ain't it? But no, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, so the the differences between, you know, like advocating and activism, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like a good concept and something that's actually feasible and practical and, pra- you know, something that you can actually practice, you know, and that's where I get lost in the conversation about social equality. You know, I think a lot of times... You know, like people advocate for these, you know, equality in different ways, you know, but, you know, how do you actually win that? You know what I mean? Like that's the how, you know, that's like there's a what and then there's a how. And I get lost, you know, in these social equality conversations, you know, when the how is left out, you know. So it's like how do we actually win, you know, equality in these, you know, white spaces, you know, because clearly the education that we fighting for and that we paying for and that we grinding for is not it. It's not getting us there. You know, the suit every day, mm. the the haircut, you know what I'm saying, every day. Mm. I ain't going to grow my, I'm going to cut my locks. I'm gonna, I ain't going it's not, to, it's not getting us there. You know what I mean? Or maybe we getting there and that's a real, real, it's a real slow leak, I guess. You know what I mean? But we not satisfied, you know, so I am going to ask y'all because I'm kinda lost, you know what I'm saying, in in terms of how do we really, you know, be have a black face in a white space and still have real realistic practical equality. We need to hear that's from the guest.
1: We need to hear from the guest.
3: That's a hard subject to even tackle.
1: But we need that though. <laughs>
3: I mean and like we mentioned before um generally you you want to bring like minded individuals yourself um I, I will say sometimes it's hard to find like minded individuals who want the same things that you want or want to work mm. just as hard as you do um it's one thing to bring someone up but you got to bring somebody up that's worth bringing up
4: ooh
3: like you know, people always want you to a referral or but sometimes you got to watch you like who you I they don't mighty, totally agree with you. Yeah, right. So maybe, I don't know if that's what your friend was, was thinking about right. bringing Perhaps. other brothers in the kitchen. You Perhaps. might mess it up for me. I'm in here. I'm good. Now you come in here acting the fool and I got to watch you. Perhaps. I mean, I've had people, you know, say those type of things. I mean, it, like I said, it's just sometimes it's hard finding people that got the same goals and want to do the same things you, who just don't want to hand out. Mm. Like I worked hard. I, you know, got the grades, did the work if if I'm putting my name on it that's a great you, point right you
2: got to come in here and represent that that's true but like josh was saying earlier okay we have to we have to be the best in order to even get a recommendation from someone who looks like us but wow. do you think that's that's the same? You have you've had coworkers who have been recommended by other coworkers who come in and they don't do that real
3: questionable, yeah, yeah, and questionable. They, they <laughs> yeah.
2: beyond questionable. It's <laughs> like okay, you don't have the qualifications and you're not acting right while you're here. So why mm-hmm. are you here? But mm-hmm. so, the
3: feedback that they get for that individuals that they brought in may not be the same that we gonna get if, if we bring someone that's yeah. like that.
1: It's just like that's it's true. like it's like the the. Um, the lone wolf shooter, or the one bad apple police officer, versus right. the you know we all thugs and we all mm-hmm. baby mamas and we all you know what I'm saying it's kind of like that. So when you so if if one person gets referred in, that's a sub powerful performer. Oh, uh, that's just a you know what I mean one off situation. Oh, he's maybe he's having a bad week, having a bad day. Versus us, you know. Oh, you see we let one in.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like no more.
3: You know what I'm saying? No more referrals from Queen. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the equality piece too. We're not, we're not even treated equally in that aspect.
0: That's real, Bishop. Was that answering your question? I, I mean, I guess it's not a question we could probably answer tonight. You know what I mean? But I, I definitely think you know, with everybody sitting around a table with the education, you know what I mean? We are educated black people who are. Leaders, you mm. know, and the fight for social economics, you know, and that and that status, you know, having an education, you know, you know, you say this all the time. That makes us middle class, you know, because we have even access to certain opportunities that yeah. certain people gives don't us have. privilege, right? So if we not gonna solve the problem, you know, what I am saying, yeah. who is, yeah. you know, You're not even interested in, you know, engaging the problem. Yeah, it's, it's just like I know so many, you know, black educated, you know. Individuals who have no... They don't make any investments, mm-hmm. you know, in, in really solving the issue of inequality in the workforce. Um, and so it, and I, a lot of times they don't even feel it, you know. It's like... And I, I think it's the colorblind racism concept, you know, or, or they just feel like, you know, I'm in here. And if I... It, I don't want to say... I think self accountability is important though. You know, you and I, I wake up positive and I don't feel like there's anything I can't do. But at the same time I'm very aware of, you know, what what barriers, you know, yeah. are, are in front of me. And you know, I, I don't know, I, I think that we, you know, have to um it's gonna be people like us around the table. Yeah. In addition, it, it's going to have to be FUBU. It's going to have to be for us by us. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and my favorite brand. <laughs> man, one one of the quotes I, I like, uh, man, this this is going back to Garvey. You know what I mean? I, this is what I'm on right now, I guess. But he said, hope is the feeling that after doing one's best, one may expect positive results. Mm. And it's hard, man. It's hard for me to to hope to 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 hope and think that one day, you know, like somebody with this privilege, you know, somebody if you know, like somebody said, like you didn't have to, like going back to the education thing, that's privilege, you yes, know what sir. I'm saying? Yes, like, sir. why would somebody give that up? You know what I'm saying? If if I'm like, you know, I'm gonna just give you a hundred dollars every day, just cause you know, I mean? <laughs> just cause you know, cause you black, cause you hey, cool, line, whatever. Man. You know what I mean? Or are you hey, just going to... At a
1: hey, $100 line in church? Like, <laughs> I right? feel somebody can hit with $100. You know what I'm in. saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad joke. I'm sorry.
0: But <laughs> if somebody was like, you you know what? You don't have to pay taxes. You just mm. don't. You don't have to pay taxes. But other people got to pay taxes. Are you going to be like, you know what? Nah, you know what? I'm going to start paying. I'm going to start paying. You know I mean, what I mean? That ain't right. Especially after... Four, you haven't paid taxes in 400 years. Let me ask that. 400 years... <laughs> Generationally, you people in your family Tax have free. not had to have to pay taxes, and are you just gonna be like, you know what? I f- I feel like that's wrong. I'm I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay these taxes. Mm-hmm. So like that's the privilege that we're talking about right now that exists for certain people.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So if they're not gonna willingly, I'm sorry. If they're not gonna willingly give up that privilege, yeah. How then is this paradigm gonna shift?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I, I definitely feel like, you know, and, and then it becomes a a part about, well, how do you do that? What's the first step? What's the tactical? I I, I think that those type of conversations are very necessary, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, I don't think that, you know, it's going to be one. Like tonight we're going to come up with the I'm not expecting us to come up with the blueprint. right You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I do think that to me, like that's kind of been left out. You know, when I hear black leaders, you know, talk about you know the issues in the black community it's always like the what mm-hmm. this is what the issue is and this is what we need to do mm-hmm. but it's like okay like it's rare and very seldom that I actually see a plan though it's like this this is how we do it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you know i i just think that at some point i don't know I, to me it's 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 fubu you know it's yeah. um you know i'm it's it's no Limit soldier tanks you know what i mean we need that you know what I mean? It's Negro League. You, you know? need that. Like, black people couldn't get into the Major Baseball League. That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Major League Baseball would not let black people in. So my man, what's your man's name? Rube Foster. Rube Foster said, I'm going a, I'm to a change the game. Legendary ancestor. And I, I, I just can't. I, hey, but I think Ruth Foster
1: worked with a Jew from Pittsburgh to start the league. But we only talk about that.
0: <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, all the HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah.
1: Amen. It's government land.
0: But I, I definitely think that we have to start shifting our our mentality to ownership and and, and instead of fighting for something that seems few, you know, uh, that that may never happen. Fighting for something that may never happen. Mm. I think. Um, You know,
1: in in regards to corporate America, you know, being black in corporate America, I think that that's one of the, you know, I think that you have institutions that change. People interact with institutions and their lives are changed. Mm. And those institutions uh, have, you know, through their collective people, through their collective, uh, you know, capital resources, money, through their uh, leverage, they change the landscape of the environment that they exist in. So um, one institution is a school, like a a college. You know, I mean, HBCU, a predominantly white institution. Uh, One is a church. You know, it can change the the neighborhood that it exists in for the people that interact with it. Um, And another is the business. Businesses are institutions that through their collective effort with people and with capital, they change the environment that they exist in. So um, uh, in, in regards to being black in corporate America... You know, people interact with the institution and the institution changes the environment. Uh, That means that people shape the institution. That's what that means. And I think um, corporate America is kind of perceived as a white thing. Um, But, you know, me and my brother, we start we we're partners in a company called 815 Capital, which is an uh, limited liability corporation. Which is a black corporation So we're part of corporate America in that way You know what I'm saying So I think an important thing for us to do Is not relinquish our grasp On corporate America as black people Hmm. You know not step away from The the institution of Corporation you know what I'm saying I personally think that's one of the hows I think that um uh so so that's one that's one way to engage in solutions. Uh we've created a business where we um you know we got a strategy and it's fun. I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun doing that. But um I also have a lot of fun doing the work I do as a uh professional, um, you know, using my degree around community development. You know what I'm saying? And I um when you talk about hope, um the quote um doing something and, and uh, being hopeful to have positive results and outcomes. Uh I think that Black people need to be, you know, need to believe, believe in themselves and that this is a whole nother. This could be a conversation for a whole nother episode, you know, self, you know, what I mean, as a black person, what is that uh, for for me? I, I know I'm I'm a lot closer to self than I was five years ago, two years ago, you know, 10 years ago. And that gives me confidence so that that confidence allows me to engage and interact with people. um, that I probably never would have five or ten years ago, and those engagements, uh, you know, have allowed me to, you know, implement programs, strategies that affect people that I care about. You know what I mean? And and it starts with a, a belief and a confidence in yourself. So when when you're in that white setting, when you're in that, you know, manager's meeting, you know what I mean? Uh, when you're in that room, when people making those inappropriate jokes, you know, like you are the light, you know what I'm saying, that you have to be. Um, and as, inco- as uncomfortable as it is, when you're that light, you're leveraging power to change outcomes um, in, 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 in an environment that's not always comfortable. But when you're powerful, you, 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 you fight through discomfort to, have, to affect change. You know what I mean? So black people, uh, another one in the house to me is one thing is, of course, the, the football route and the independent route. But another, I think, is a really capable option is to engage institutions with confidence to affect change.
2: I agree with that. And one thing that we have to be, we have to recognize is that, as you said earlier, Josh, that would you give up certain privileges that you have to allow a black face into a white space or however it is, but you have to, you have to realize if You only if you are white in a white space and you only see things one way and you don't have those other cultures there to to help you. Yeah, those perspectives, your problem solving skills are very limited.
4: Mm. And
2: so to allow all these different people with all of these different types of ideas not only help you, but it helps the company, it helps us flourish, it helps the environment around you. So that's one thing that we do provide to any type of space that we're in. Yeah. And you can't say they're only helping us because we're definitely helping them mm. too. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I, I agree with that. And I think that's been, you know, when we talk about um, progress, you know, black progress, you know, I, you know, a lot of people like to point to affirmative action, you know, um, but... <laughs> I th- I think the reality is what you just said, and people are starting to see. I, I I call those organizational blind spots, you know, where everybody around the table is had, you know, you call it the echo chamber. Yeah. You know, when you are in that echo chamber, everybody saying the same thing and seeing the same things, then it's like, okay, there's really only one way. Mm. You know, there's only one solution being proposed when the issues are vast. You know, we got ten yeah. issues and only one solution, or that's why. And um, I, I don't
1: want to cut you off, but I yeah. think an excellent example of an echo chamber in corporate America is that uh that dove ad Oh yeah, <laughs> where a black girl took off the shirt and she turned white right that That's the echo chamber in corporate America, you know what I mean? That's when you got a bunch of white people sitting around the table patting each other on the back, saying, "That's a great idea. That would be so awesome and cute."
3: And totally Mr. Mark. Totally or that Pepsi you.
1: ad when he had when they when had the protesters. Oh, okay. police officers with guns and the protesters right? and then the junior girl gave the police officer a Pepsi and he put his gun down. Like, oh, this is all we had to do was give them Pepsis <laughs> and they stop killing us.
0: Those are blind spots. I didn't mean to cut y'all whole story <laughs> up. No, but the, uh, uh, the, the, the sad part about that though is I wouldn't be surprised if in any of those situations and there's plenty more that if there was black people in the room Wow, man. That didn't speak up and didn't say anything. One, potentially, they didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you look at um, not those opportunities, but issues like LeBron James was on a cover. I can't even remember what magazine it yeah, uh, was, uh, man. Uh,
1: L Magazine or something like that or one of these magazines. Vogue. A real popular.
0: Vogue, Vogue. Vogue. Yeah, Vogue. Vogue. You know what I'm saying? With that other white athlete. You know what I mean? And that same image was. Uh, King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. Right. You know, I, there's probably black people in the room then. You know what I'm saying? And but he signed off on it. Even he signed off yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
3: The ignorance is bliss.
0: It's black people in them commercials that you talking about. Hey, getting get a check, getting a check. The sister took the shirt off and she turned white <laughs> and got paid and got paid. Why y'all? Why y'all over here trying to you know pro you know uh, right. boycott Dove? Right. She I got have. paid. Right. She got paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I definitely think that, you know, I I guess, you know, uh, being agreeable to, you know, like both what both of you and Francesca are saying about being confident, you know, I think beyond confidence, though, like, you know, and that's where it goes back to, you know, being um, an advocate and an activist, you know what I mean? And what are we like? What are we fighting for Mm -hmm. if it's the recognition and if it's for equality? You know what I mean? Then, or or is it for you know the goals and the vision that I have for myself, my family, and my community? Mm. And that's where I think we get lost oftentimes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we've become addicted to, and when, when, I, I don't want to say like white stuff. You yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Or like, but like consumerism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and Western ideals. I think no, I, I, I can say it. that. You I know what I mean? So it's like. As long as I, as long as I'm pushing, I ain't gonna say a Beamer because there's somebody in here with one. <laughs> but as long as I'm pushing a Benz, you mad? You, right. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I am, I am. No, I'm hating. You mad? No. You? No, but I mean, not not even the fact that that's what I'm saying. It's not about just like okay, if you got a, a Benz or a Beamer, then you're not a real one. But it's just like there's certain indiv like individuals. When I say like the people around the table. Us with degrees the people that's degreed up the people that's you know going in and, and checked off all the boxes checking these boxes and quote unquote being successful right you know what I mean it's like because you're making a certain amount of money or you know you have certain item like a lifestyle of luxury you're good you know what i'm saying so but then when you get put into a situation or a circumstance where so 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 you're not your investments aren't in terms of advocacy for the black community, your activism is not—you know—you're not acting on behalf of the black community anymore. And these are examples of that. You know what I mean? You have black people like the in actress these commercials, like the actress in the video, the yeah. actress in the video, LeBron James in that. It's yeah. just like as long as I'm as long as I'm checking a bag, mm. you know. And that's that to me is like what we're that's what we are living for right now as a as a community, and we don't have the same space. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have the same narrative. We don't have the same history. Historically, we're not in the same position. So the people the people who have created that game, quote unquote, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They can play that game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they good. They created it. They granddad, great-great-great-grandfather owned property. Right. You know what I'm saying? And was a lawyer. And they know where they came from. And they know they go into college. And and they don't have to go get a PhD. They don't have to go get a master's. You know what I'm saying? In order for us to play that same game, to oh, hey, I I got the new iPhone eight. Like that's that's where our mind is. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're striving for. That's where our ambition is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not to create these um institutions where equality can 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 thrive and, and relish and we can be seen as equals and we can be respected, you know, for our intellect and be respected for the contributions that we've, you know, have made and can make going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, like we want a black, yeah, we want a black person at the table so that we can say that we have diversity, diversity and inclusion. Right. That's a buzz concept right. in corporate America. Yeah. So we gonna bring a black person to the table. You're not there to contribute though. Mm-hmm. You're there for us to check a box. Check a box. To fill oh. a space. Yeah. To fill a space, and if you're not. If you're not acting on behalf of, and that's that's where I think we get lost. It's like you think that because you're good because you make no, I don't. You think that because you make a hundred thousand and you go, and you push a, a bends. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all good, right? Until um, until somebody reminds you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, clean it up. That you're not in this club. Yeah, you know, like you I'll, can't sit with us. You can't sit with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and now you wanna try to go nah, now you now you wanna march again. Yeah, now you wanna <laughs> be in the nation and change your name. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But hey, well I like them salon, sir.
1: <laughs>
0: so I
3: think we alienate ourselves though sometimes when it comes to that. Like on the one hand, you know, you, you say the person with the bands or whatever they um you get this notion that they're um they're they're sellout or they're not real mm-hmm. but or, or maybe that they feel like they're no longer connected with the community. But then, even if they are trying, or if they are trying to make a difference, you got people on the outside looking in, not seeing the struggles that they have, or not seeing the, the things they're doing behind the scenes, and automatically have that perception because they're not where they are. Great point. That's that, true. That um, crab in the barrel. Ooh! No
0: right. No, that's just. Or, or
3: people just, or people just um, assume. That's what people just assume things. Even like I say even not even just with the job market, just being home ownership.
1: Come on, people mm. automatically hey. assume
3: that you got to just be um, have a whole bunch of money to to own a home. It's about having a goal and mm. seeing and and not wanting to, to to be paying so long to rent, Come being on. able to own something of your Come own. home. Mm-hmm. Because I, I bought my house before I got my degree.
4: Mm. Hey, footwork that to that. Okay.
0: Hey. I had
3: had my house before I before I walked across that stage. Mm-hmm. And but that's a, and,
0: and it's a duplex, correct? Right, and it's a duplex. So it's I already had property. the idea. Let's get it. Right,
3: right, right. right. <laughs> so I already had the idea in mind. I was I was ready. I you know still going to school, still trying to you know trying to get it, but. From the outside looking in, people automatically assume that you're just good, not knowing, struggling, that I'm doing how many hours mm-hmm. I'm working to try to hustle, be able to keep these grades to get this degree and pay for this mortgage.
4: Right. right.
2: And something important that you said is with the Dove ad, with the going back to that, with the Dove ad, with the Vote magazine, it's not just having a black person in the room. It's having a black person with the power in order to say yes or no. Being in marketing that is something wow. that should have someone in that room should have seen that and with the dove ad personally i didn't see it as bad as a lot of people saw it once i saw the full commercial when i saw the stills i said come on yeah, now the they should they should <laughs> <laughs> they should have noticed Games. this but i have been in spaces where i've seen something that didn't look right and you know you bring it up and they're like eh, No, I don't think so. And you have to really explain everything. Okay, this is why this is wrong. This is why this is wrong. And then not only do you have to really explain how it's wrong, but then you have to have a solution to it. So you have to have the full package. And that goes back to me saying that you have to be better Mm. because you, you can't just bring up the problem. You have to have a solution with it.
0: Right That's what y'all saying That black <laughs> people need to do In terms of activism No for real We gotta have a, No But I, I I feel you And I, I think that Like That's That's the unfortunate part That's That's the micro oppression To me To be in a space You know Where You feel something is wrong And you can't even say anything You You jeopardize Your entire livelihood mm. By not comfortable being yourself. In your position. Right. right. Mm-hmm. By being yourself and just sharing a perspective. Like, we all talking about, okay, like, are we going to put blue right here? Is that okay? And you don't, you think red would be better there, but you can't, you don't even think that you have enough liberty. You're afraid to even just say that. So, the whole reason why you're supposed to be there is because we want, we value diversity at this company and we think it's important to have, you know, different people at the table. Yeah,
2: that's not always true. I
1: think it's a, you know, I think it's a difference between um I guess this is like what I said, you know, when you when you know who you are and you believe in that, you can, you know, you you can leverage that that knowledge and that confidence to uh, you know be successful. I think there's a difference between we have you at this company because we value diversity and we have you at this company because you have a skill set that will allow us to be successful. You know what I mean. So I think that that's a there's a difference between those two things. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely. Right. And 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 I think like that's that's the that's the game changing aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like how how people perceive you. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like when, like we when talk about respect. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you taught me this. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> what like what is respect? You know, like, when you can acknowledge somebody's value or the value on something, Yeah. you know what I mean? You treat it differently. Yes, sir. You treat it with respect. Yes, sir. To me, it's like, you know, like, if I gave you, uh, if you got a brand new car, you know what I'm saying? Whatever your dream car is, you know, like, you're going to probably, like, wash that mug every day. <laughs> you, know? You're gonna, you know, vacuum it out. You know what I'm saying? You're going to, because you see so much value in yes, that. sir. It's so valuable to you. You know what I mean, and that's where I think the gap is mm. right now. Mm. You know what mm. I mean, like mm. with, when we talk about social equality, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and being in an environment, a black face in a white space where you, where there's true equality, where you are really respected for what you bring to the table. Right. You know what I mean, like how do we get there? Um, that, I mm-hmm. think that's the, that's a big challenge. I think we gotta squeeze the circle. You know what I'm saying? I think you.
1: I think you know. There's no starting endpoint at a circle. So you can't start at one end in one place. You have to squeeze it from all sides. That's what I think. And I think, uh, you know, in some instances, people are more excited to engage at the corporate level. Some people are more excited to engage in entrepreneurship. Some people are more excited to engage in you um, know the public sector. And I think uh, I know that black people are very talented. You know, I've been I've been all over the world and every in every country I've ever been to. I've seen black people performing uh, at a very high level at all social st- strata. You know what I mean? Like I've seen brothers rapping on a train in Colombia, mm-hmm. the best performance I've ever seen in my life. you know what I mean, <laughs> and I broke my pocket to you know help these brothers you know get get where they want to go and then I met a guy at a college, you know what I'm saying at a college in Tanzania, you know as a black man you know um who who was a young brother leading the department of public administration you know that that's what we do wherever we are mm. so I, I believe in our ability to succeed uh at, at all at all levels necessary to make a change. I think the, um, I think a big uh, challenge is that, you know, we deal with stress and tension and um, pressure from, from areas that other communities, people don't have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's like you said, um, uh, internally and externally, you know what I'm saying? We got pressure internally and externally. And then we, we, we have you know we are dealing with these psychological traumas that we inherited from our ancestors and that we're we're being imposed with today um and then we kind of second guessing like are we making the right steps like am i representing at a high enough level like are they going to think i'm a sell out do i have to wear a suit every day do i have to you know what i'm saying wear afro and support cap do i have to you know what i'm saying do i have to make a status about this so people know that i'm talking you know what i'm saying yeah so that that's a whole another level of you know traumatic experience that black people deal with every single day i think that so I think that should be acknowledged and that's not an excuse that's an explanation you know what i'm saying i think that um this is just my opinion, you know little old matt daddy we need to <laughs> i think we need to do all we can to learn who we are. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying that's helped me a lot and, and um and that's not even like it's a journey. Hmm. you know it's not a destination it 's a process like you have to fall in love with the process of learning who you are every single day and a big part of that to me is learning like my ancestors you know like learning where my people's from you know and um that 's exciting to me so, so my personal family members and then my people who i'm whom I identify with as Africans and descendants of Africa, you know those are my people and we've 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 accomplished so many amazing things that i 'm inspired by that every time I learn something new so when you have a knowledge of who you are you're endowed with a certain confidence you know and and I don't like to put that out there as if there's like some magic that's just going to happen when you read the right amount of words you know what I'm saying mm. when you click the right amount of facebook shared articles you know what I'm saying that's nowhere near what I'm talking about but uh i believe that um you know when you when you've come to a a better understanding of the connection you as an individual you know this is a show that that speaks to the the black experience so i'm talking about black people right now but you know when you come to a better understanding about how you are connected to the world and world events and accomplishments and i'm not talking about america because a lot of times we you know they tell us our story started in 1619 in jamestown virginia that's a lie too so when you understand that you've changed the world 50 times already and you're connected to that history, there's a, there's very little that you can accomplish. You know, so it may take a little bit of pondering. How am I going to have this conversation when I get to the when I get to the gig? Maybe you had this thought in your head like man, these people really wild at, at work. Like I can't let this happen. And it probably was stressful. But your confidence and your knowledge of self, the fact that you believe in yourself allowed you to step into that. White space where you got red dots aimed at you all day, you the target and you threw hands and, and knocked somebody out. And now you came up with, with another a better opportunity, as I understand it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, that's a foundational point in terms of our being able to succeed. In corporate settings and private entrepreneurial settings in the public sector, you know, in the faith community. I think we need I think there's a long way we can go in the faith community to understand who we are and what we accomplished <laughs> already on the faith side. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, that's another episode of the evening service podcast. Um, but, you know, I just think that. It's crazy, you know, even though we're the target, we still have to hit our targets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we are the target. And that's, a, you know what I'm saying, something that, that people have to consider walking out of the house. You know what I mean? And then you might have kids and you might have a family that you got to take care of. And, you you know, you got goals yourself. You're trying to get, get back in shape or something like that. You want the new iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, that's a regular thing. That's an American thing that we all been taught to, to you know, you want that plasma screen. Ooh, that'll look nice on my wall. Ah, uh, sitting this couch. You know what I'm saying? Like, we deal with mundane things, but then we got to deal with traumatic you know, psychological pressures that nobody could ever conceive. You know what I'm saying? That's superhuman. Like, Bishop, you always say that. That's superhuman. And I think, you know, being able to step outside and look at that like, man, you know, that's how powerful my people are. That's how powerful we are. So, really, I'm Teflon out here. You know what I'm saying? And then, I also believe that none of us is as smart as all of us. You know what I'm then you got to link up with some people with your people, you know. And like you said, you had a mentor, and that person wasn't even black. Like you used to be, all your all your skin folks ain't your all your kin folks and your skin folks. You know, whatever the quote is. <laughs> so you got to find who your people are and link up with your people, so you can build something that will make a difference. You know, and that doesn't have to be the United Negro Improvement Association, like Garvey was trying to start. It could be. Yeah. um a bike club that you want to, you know, you want some people to get together and ride bikes because you feel like that's fun to do. It's a healthy activity. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, y'all might can be chipping in $5 a piece on your bike club and buying books for a kid to go to college. You know? Next thing you know, y'all might be um uh, organizing a, a, a race and, and donating the proceeds to that. Uh, That uh, tutor program to help kids pass math and science. You know what I'm saying? That's the power that we have when we come together. That's not necessarily um, UNIA level, but it's still world changing because your world, your immediate world is impacted because you engaged at an institution level to affect change. You know, we just got to believe in that. We got to believe in the power that we have and we got to love it. That process, that journey, we got to love it from top to bottom because it's still a dogfight. You know, it's still bullets flying at your head. You know what I'm saying? I mean, metaphorical bullets. And hopefully you're not dodging real bullets. That's crazy, too. Right. But, you know, that's just my my thoughts on it. Who am I? I'm just a sheep. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anybody? Let's add to that, please. What do y'all thought? (laughs) They point at each other like, you go, you go. Well,
0: I'll just say uh, I agree with everything that you just said. And I think one of the pieces that sticks out to me the most is the identity piece. I think you framed it as like self. Mm. And I think to build on that because everything that you just talked about is takes an, an investment of time, money, and or energy. Mm. And that's what I think is I think missing oftentimes is in the how is the, the right. element of sacrifice Woo. You know like Everybody wants something for nothing You know like everybody wants everything that you just talked about Without having to The journey Right be on the journey Like that's why we got airplanes You know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Like it's all about you know how can I get there faster yep. How can I get there you know um, Easier And there is really no Shortcut on that journey And um you know, even even in uh, the story about my colleague, who was at you know trying to figure out, he's contemplating and dealing with this I notion of, like, am I a sellout? He's really asking himself, like, am I a sellout? That sucks. You know what I mean? Like, trying to really, gra- he's grappling with this. You know what I mean? And because I'm playing this game, because I'm every day I've, I'm I'm sup- like suppressing myself, or you know, or um, kneeling to these external pressures. You know what I mean? Like, they're controlling me. And almost to the extent of, like, I don't even know who I am. You know what I mean? That's horrible. Because I do this every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I I just feel like, I guess my question, you know, now I think about it, could have just been, like, do you like suits? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, do you like wearing suits? You know what I mean? Like, because you just might. You know what I mean? But- That's that, you know, and I I think that's where it goes back to how we're conditioned, you know what I mean? And, I, you know, to, you know, like, where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our energy? Where do we spend our money? And that, to me, is bigger than... You know, the con- conversation we were having earlier about just because somebody is driving a certain car or wearing a certain thing or working at a certain company or friends with a certain... Or you see him out with a certain person or oh, he over there talking to yeah, them yeah, or oh, he yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like he yeah, yeah. selling out. He he That's at crazy. the mayor meeting, he over there at that <laughs> meeting, you know, he would, you know, he teaming up with them people. Yeah, like, man. you know, more important, you know, to me than than any of that, you know what I mean, is you know like are you really doing the things that you know who controls what you do mm-hmm. and and what where are you spending your, your time your money and your energy and mm. that, i think that you know somebody can say that they value family but if you never spend any time with your family you never you, you don't make any investments in your family like you, do you, you know what i mean so if you say like man i'm i'm a real one i'm advocating i'm you know i'm you know i'm down you know what i'm saying i got the black Platinum card, but
4: <laughs>
0: when you know, my, my mom always told me like a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. Ooh. So, how do you find out if something is real? You test it. Wow. So <laughs> that's with, that's with anything, <laughs> you know. What wow, I mean? man. So if you saying that, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm out here. I'm down for the community, and every time that's tested, you fail. Mm. There you go. You there, know what I'm saying? And that's where we even talking about the examples with um you know with LeBron or these, the, the actor in the dub commercial, you know? You know what I mean? Like you know, those are are pure examples and and I think that that's where the sacrifice has to come in though because somebody yeah, they going they going to sprinkle or they going to wiggle some money in your face. And everything else is thrown out the window. Right but we've been conditioned like that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Your aspiration to so to me it's not bad. Like would I do I want $100,000 a year? Yeah, I'd love to make $100,000 a year. You right. in the right situation. Right. You know what I mean? But at the same time like that can't be like it can't be like um by any means necessary. Like, you know, I like, do I'm anything do, I do anything. Yeah, yeah that's that's You, you know have I mean? to
2: know your limits. You have to know what you want to do and like Matt said, you have to really know who you are and that should be your ultimate goal and be authentically who you are in any space that you're in because that's the only place where you're going to grow. There were people who were making millions of dollars when the stock market crashed in, what, 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. People jumping out of windows because of that pursuit uh. of money mm. was no longer there. So you have to really have be grounded in whatever it is. And your coworker who was asking about the suits, like you said, do you like wearing suits if you like wearing suits, continue to wear the suit if you if someone told you that wearing a suit is going to get you wherever you need to go, then you may have to wear a suit, yeah I know um listening to Russell Simmons, he's someone who you know you look at 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 a higher status, but he wears you know
1: sweaters sweaters and, fat, and jeans what Fat bar we love you fat bar
2: <laughs> but his, I um, watched an interview with him once. And he said, "If that's going to get you a job, don't dress like me. Dress like <laughs> like the job that you want to get." Yeah. So in whatever you you want to do, don't let that limitation of oh they're not going to let a black person. Get to this level or whatever, just continue to pursue that. And if it's not working out at that company, move to another company and pursue that because there is going to be, if that's your ultimate goal, that's going to happen because you're going to make sure that that happens. Then you can't let anybody hold you back from that.
1: Uh-huh. I agree.
3: I definitely think you need to be honest with yourself and what your true goal is. If you are really for the community, I don't think it, we all know it's not one person is not going to be able to change everything. You have to be willing to work with the community. And like I said before, be able to have a conscious conversation with the community and other people around you that have like-minded yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, goals
3: yeah, yeah. and and uh, and are, want the same things that you want for the community mm-hmm. and be able to work together and try to to build something. Even like here in Rockford, right. you do a lot with community development. Yeah. You can't do it all by yourself. No, it's impossible. Right, it takes the rest of us to come out and support you mm-hmm. and be able to see your vision.
1: I think a, a big thing, not to cut you off, Bishop, um, but and I make this distinction a lot. And then we do, I do want to ask y'all about relationships, but um, <laughs> I, you know, there's a <laughs> right, we got 15 minutes, right? right we don't get it done. <laughs> <No>. Fact,
0: <laughs>
1: I would just uh, say that. Me, I make a distinction. Like I said, I, I'm constantly, I'm, I'm excited to learn who I am more and more, you know, and I'm confident in terms of the foundation, you know, but, you know, as I grow, you know, my, my uh, sensibilities change a little bit. I get exposed to new things. I incorporate it into my philosophy on life and people and love and, you know, my diet and, you know, everything. Um, and I don't believe I owe anybody anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, I do feel like I am who I am because of the contributions and sacrifices of many, many people. So I have a heart to pour out and make sure that I leave the world better than I found it, you know, and honor my ancestors. But I don't feel like I owe anybody anything. And I don't think anybody owes me. You know what I'm saying? So we talk about handouts, you know what I'm saying, versus hand up and things like that that that's kind of the the attitude I carry into the world with myself every day like you know i'm proud of who i am thanks to my father his nickname was pride you know what i'm saying and and, and i and that pride in myself and that knowledge of myself makes me interested in understanding about people around me so i i want to make room for those around me because i know how unique and interesting my own experience has been so i just kind of want to make sure that you know the crazy stuff i've been through and to tell them what everybody else has been through and um So I'm happy to help, but I don't owe you nothing. You know what i mean? Right. (laughs) And it's just a real slight distinction. So I I, I think that's a big part of even success in corporate America. You know, we are in a fight, um, you know, and and sometimes I know that we're perceived in different ways so that we have to perform at different levels. But, you know, I talk to my niece about this all the time. Like, as much power as you got, you know, as much energy, as much activity that that you're capable of of accomplishing and achieving, you know, you know it's in you already you know you you got everything that you need and you're going to shine bright and i and i like that because sometimes i feel like having to be twice as good is kind of like self-defeating you know what i mean mm. like i'm not as good as them so i got to be twice as good as i i, I am you know mm. and 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 i and i hope that that is not You know, I know that that's not what we intend to say oftentimes, but I think a lot of times that's exactly what we're saying. You know, we're not as good as them. So we have to be better than we are Mm. to be equal. You know, I just want young people to understand that. That's kind of the conversation I have with young people, you know, about being successful, you know, in corporate America. You don't owe nobody nothing. You got to sharpen your you got to sharpen your blade because you still got to come with it. You know, there's no substitute for talent. Mm. You got to be talented at the end of the day. Like we can make noise about, like you said, advocacy and things like that, but you gotta have talent. And if you don't have that, you're, you're not gonna make money. You're not gonna be successful. Mm. So that's called being soft. You know, mm. you're mad because you're not getting opportunities and you don't have talent. Mm. You're soft. Mm. You know, you gotta tighten up. Mm. You know, that's my opinion about it. But when you get there, you don't owe nobody nothing. You know, you, you, you work as hard as you can to be successful because you have a skill set and you're using that skill set to achieve a goal. Inside of this company, and they're compensating you for that, you know what I mean. And as you as you get measured on those accomplishments, perhaps you worth more money. Perhaps you' not happy doing this no more. Perhaps you want to change. But you are the asset at all times. That's how I look at the whole corporate game. You know what I'm saying? Um. So we got ten minutes, and we got a little song we're trying to put y'all on too.
0: I got, I got, a, I, got a, I got a question. Um. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it, Bishop. <laughs> so, um. You know, I'm, I'm gonna just ask. So, and the, the man, let's go. It's just it's so many questions, but uh, I think that you know we talk about gender, you know, and and gender differentiation a lot, you know, and um, one topic around relationships, and since we got sisters here, I'm gonna take advantage. You know, is communication. You know, we talk about, like, I hear people say communication, you know, run a nation. Right. <laughs> the most important thing in a relationship is is communication. Um, but at the same time, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, men and women communicate differently. You know, and if that's the most important thing in a relationship and also a large a, To me, from my experience and the conversations I have, like that's a a big point of contention in relationships too. So, since we got two beautiful, strong sisters right here, you know, um, what y'all take on communication in a relationship, and what advice would you have? What advice do y'all have for the brothers out here? Mm. You know, um, or or the sisters out, people in relationships. There you go. go. Come on, people in relationships on, on. Uh, how to build effective lines of communication in your relationship?
2: Oh, I think communication is key. You, But it's more than just the talking. It's the listening and the actions behind it. Mm. You can't just <laughs> say, just have a, let's say we have a weekly couples talk or whatever, but then if nothing comes out of that, that's, it's pointless. Wow. So you have to continue, mm. and it's work. Every relationship, if it's a working relationship, a romantic relationship, a relationship with your parents, whomever it is, you have to work at that. And if you really want it to prosper, then you just have to to keep it going. You can't let it it fall by the wayside by any means. I
3: think honest, open communication is one thing to communicate. But if what you're saying and your actions don't line up. That's an, that's another problem. So, like I said, if you're gonna. It's one thing to to be able to speak and be able to talk back and forth, but you need to have open, honest communication.
0: I got a question about that because I feel like sometimes it seems like people can't always handle the truth. So, Mm-mm. you know, like
4: how can you be <laughs>
0: honest with somebody and still be, you know, uh, I'll say empathetic or you know, some Like you don't want to hurt nobody' feelings, right? You know right, what I'm saying, right right, right? right. So how do you like communicate? Like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you need to tighten up here
4: mm-hmm,
0: without. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of the contention comes from. It's like the approach and the way that you, you know, how how do you say things? You know, how do you be open and honest without hurting somebody' right, feelings? Right.
3: Be honest with yourself first,
0: because
3: mm. be- you, on the one hand, like we said before, another topic, you can't. You can't introduce a problem without a solution. Mm. You can't. You can't say, "Oh, I need you to tighten up on this," but in response, I know I need to do this as well.
0: Mm. Good point, though.
3: Like I know me myself, I'm, I'm not perfect right. at at all. But a lot of times, I react. Right. I, I might not do anything first, but I will. <laughs> I I react.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, pop so. Off.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I will react. So a lot of so. Uh, a lot of times my reaction or how I handle things is based off how you came to me first with
0: it. Right. So, so what is the what I uh, what's the right approach, you know what I'm saying, to a you need to tighten up conversation. Hey. Like how how would you how would you if you were talking to the person that you're in a relationship with and trying to train them or educate them on the how they should come at you? Not train though. I mean <laughs> educate. Okay. Train. If you were trying to how would you train. educate your partner on the how to approach you on a to tell you to tighten up.
3: I think you were correct when you said that um, everybody can't handle the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. But you, you got
3: to be, I think you need to be conscious of your partner. Me, mm. myself, I'd rather you tell me the truth. And let me figure out how I'm gonna handle it. Then we have to figure it out another type of way. Mm. And and now it's a problem because now we, we wasn't honest with each other. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. more mad about the lie yeah. than yeah. than the actual yeah. situation that was at hand. Not that's gone now. So what was the purpose of lying? Right.
0: See, because so if <laughs> if you don't if you like I want to tell you to tighten up, but I don't. I I'm not gonna tell you that because I think it's gonna be an argument. Is that like lying too? Like, if there's no space in your relationship for y'all to be open and honest with each other, are y'all living a lie? Like, mm. is the whole relationship Great just question. a lie? Like-
2: the whole relationship is not a lie, but okay. it's two things. One, you tell the truth to people you don't care about mm. because you don't care about their reaction. You oh. lie to people that you care about. Dang. And then number two. That was a player quoted of the night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give it to them. Give and
2: then, then number them. two, men, women bend. Men break.
4: Mm.
2: So you have to be, you have to have to recognize that me being a woman talking to a man, I can't just come out with the, you need to do this, this and this. and Because this is how I feel. Be like, because hey, women are very emotional. Men. Right. <laughs> men, men break. They're like, okay, whatever. And then completely shut off. But mm. you have to be. You have to know the person that you're, <laughs> you're not. Hey, you teaching a class right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: everything you said, I ain't doing none of that.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you have to. You have to know the person that you're talking to. You know. You have to know what their communication styles style is, and you have to work at the, or you have to to focus on that. And whatever you're saying, you have to. If this person is very if they react strongly to things, you may have to say it with kid gloves. You may have to tell a little lie when you're saying something, and then later down the road put it Sign in up. the put it in the right way. Because when you're when you're baking or you're cooking something, you got to put the ingredients in the right order. It's it's not mm. going to turn out the right way. So you just have to know the person that you're talking to. And you're, you gotta lie. you sometimes. Dang, man. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't lie just for the sake of deception. You lie to or you omit. not. Yes, you omit. That's correct. I appreciate the realness.
1: All right, <laughs> it's one hundred emojis all, all around. <laughs> um, I, w- I got one more question on the corporate side. Um, are you dating brothers with less education or making less money than you?
3: <laughs> uh, um.
1: Hey, that paused me. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no that paused not. me. Get um, you out of school.
3: Currently, I'm not dating anyone. <laughs> So I mean, but I have in the past, um, not necessarily saying that just because they have less education that they aren't, um, capable of intelligent conversation and, you know, can build with you. But, um, I will say that, um, it, it kind of puts you at a, how do I say this (laughs) well? You've called me Superwoman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, I know I have to work on me personally. The fact that even, even if you can't do it or can't help me with it, I can figure out a way to do it myself. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So basically, let, making a man feel needed. Mm. Without throwing You know Throwing a little bone mm. Out you know Ooh, But Got to do with that right. You got to keep Your thousand with me okay, okay But at the same time though I'm one of those people Just because you Jumping off the bridge I'm not about to Jump off the bridge With you I'm going to tell you, you It's a bridge bro It's a bridge <laughs> it's <laughs> i can't a Like if you're going <laughs> I will I can't be submissive And let you leave But Like I said I got to Let you know That something
2: It's going to be a problem Well I'm going to say This real right. quick My grandfather had a third grade education. He was one of the smartest men that I know. So it doesn't matter with the education level. Like she said, it's having an intelligent conversation with someone because there are people out here who make tons of money who don't, they don't have the educational levels that other people do. So it's, it's really the person and really with their mindset.
0: So he got to make 70 at least 80.
2: I'm not saying that there's a number. There's okay. a particular number that he has to make.
1: There's a number range, perhaps. I, think <laughs> I, as,
3: I feel like at me approaching 30, you need to be at least able to take care of yourself. I, I feel I'm that. not in the position to be raising nobody.
0: And their credit score got to be. <laughs> hey, look, even even this podcast, Thursday Sunday. Hey, thank you, uh, Sister
1: Queen Imani. Thank you, uh, Sister Francisca French. Uh, my name is Matt Simpson, the man of culture. Raju, R-A-J-U. And um, we're going to put you on to Division Point of View. Shout out to all the R&B heads. R&B ain't dead. We'll see you next month.